All right, Church on the Hill, do you believe in God's promises? Well, again, welcome to those who are joining us online uh, this morning. I just, I, I appreciate our, our times together on Sundays, just having, well, at least I'm having conversation with you. I don't know what you're doing in your home. And if you're, if you're new with us this morning, I just want to say welcome. Thanks for joining us. We're, we're, in, we're in a particular series. It's called Life Plan Series. And why? Because I, I want to use this, this time, this pandemic time, as an opportunity for us to get more rooted in who we are in Christ. And so the challenge is, is that we want to come out of this pandemic living with more intentionality. And so we have this, this paddle, this kayak paddle, and this is our paddle of in, intentionality, just like we would never go kayaking without a pat, paddle, because if we did, we would, we would get stuck on some side issues, some, some debris, some trees, or we would get caught in a current that would take us to a place we didn't want to go, or, or we, we would miss our desired destination. And just like that in life, we, we don't want to go through life without well, without a life plan. And that's the challenge. A couple of weeks ago, we, we talked about the fact that, that God created us with a unique God-given calling. Ephesians 2.10. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus to do good works. And, and we talked about how do we discover our unique God-given calling. And we, and we looked at a couple things. We looked at the fact that God has given us uh, passions. That is, things that we, that we love to do. And then God has also given us particular gifts, that is, things that we're highly skilled at doing. And when we look at our passions and our gifts, and we look at those through the lens of God's purposes, and God's purposes are to bring healing and restoration to the people of this world, that helps us discover our calling. Now, some of us struggle with believing that we actually have a calling, or if we embrace it with actually living it out. So last week, we talked about the power of belief. And we talked about the fact that, that unbelief can derail us from living out our unique God-given calling and actually can cause us at times to sink in life like, like it did to Peter. And so when we find ourselves maybe in a life pit or in a, in a period of doubt, we can, we can go to God in prayer and we can cry out like the father of the demon-possessed boy when he, was, he wanted to believe that God could heal him, but he cried out to God, God, please help my unbelief. And when we do that, God hears our prayer and answers our prayer. Today, we're going to begin our, our first leg of our life plan series that supports our unique calling. And, and I, wanna, I wanna use this stool as a, as a visual here. And I want you to think of this stool. I want you to think the seat of the stool is our unique calling. And then I want you to think about each leg of this stool as, as one of these legs we're going to talk about that support our unique calling. And today we're going to talk about the, the physical leg. Next week we're going to talk about the relationship development leg. And then we're going to talk about the financial development leg. And then we're going to talk about the spiritual development leg. So again, our unique calling, the seat, is supported by four critical legs. And today we're going to talk about the physical leg. Let's pray. Oh God, please, please prepare us to receive your word this morning and open our minds and our hearts to your truth. Please, God, help us to see our body the way that you see it, as beautiful, as intricate, as a temple 
that contains your Holy Spirit in it. And so, God, may, may we treat our body the way that you designed it to be treated so that we can so that we can live out our calling from now until we're in the box in an optimal way. In your mighty name we pray and ask, amen. Imagine, imagine that you're on a trip. And this isn't just any trip. This, this is a trip of a lifetime. Everything's packed. The, the route is planned. The reservations are made. Everything is in place. And as you and your other family members get into the car and get buckled up, anticipation fills the air. But as you turn the key and start the engine, something else begins to fill the air. Smoke. That black, thick, dark smoke that isn't going to to leave anytime soon. The next thing you hear is this large, this loud, large rattle underneath your hood, and then all of a sudden, boom, engine stops, vacation over. My friends, our body, it's, it's like a car. Our, our body is our transportation in life, and if we neglect and abuse our body, just like a car, it's going to break down. So, so hear me on this. We can, we can know our unique God-given calling. We can embrace it. We can have a relationship development plan, a, a, a financial development plan, a spiritual development plan, but if we don't take care of our body, if we don't have a physical development plan, we're going to find ourselves on the side of the road. As one doctor put it, it's hard to serve God when you're sick. We can negatively impact our quality of life and our ability to serve God if we neglect our body. Just, if you don't believe me, just talk to someone who's hooked up to an oxygen tank after years of smoking or someone who has to take daily insulin shots because they, because they got type 2 diabetes after so many years of overeating and not exercising or, or talk to someone who, who struggles to get out of bed every day due to depression because of this exhausting life that they have lived. And all of them, if you talk to them, all of them will tell you that so much of their, their time and their energy is spent on dealing with their disease. Disease is consuming. Disease demands our full attention. And as we think about abusing our bodies, I'm just not talking about abusing alcohol or drugs or food. Abuse can happen if we neglect our bodies over time. Again, just like a car, our bodies need to be maintained on a regular basis if they're going to perform at an optimal level. Now, there's some people out there who also say, well, I, you know, I'm, just, I'm really focused on the spiritual. That's what really matters, and they let the physical go. But again, just like a car, a car is made of, of various parts that are designed to work together so that that car functions the way it's supposed to function. Our body and our mind and our spirit were designed by God to work together so that we function in an optimal way, which means that we need to take care of this body. For example, if I said, well, I don't really need to take care of the tires of my car. 
All I really need to worry about is the engine. Any car person's gonna tell you, if you neglect your tires because you think the engine is what's most important, you're gonna find yourself on the side of the road going nowhere, in this case, going nowhere for God. If we neglect our body, hear me on this, if, if we neglect our body, we risk negatively affecting every area of our lives. Now, God has designed our body extremely well, and it can withstand years of abuse before it's, it breaks down. Think type 2 diabetes. 34 million people in the United States suffer from diabetes. 90 to 95% suffer from type 2 diabetes. Type 2 diabetes is, is the di- diabetes that, 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 that people get usually after age 45 because of poor eating habits or poor just nutrition, lack of exercise. We may think we're getting a free ride in life, but everything, including our bodies, submits to God's natural laws. And so at some point in time, if we do not take care of our bodies, we are going to feel it. We will pay the piper. Again, our bodies are designed to function optimally when we treat them the way God designed them to be treated. Now, there's this interesting passage in 1 Corinthians that provides us with some guidance on how we are to view our body. And and if we view our body the way God views our body, maybe that will cause us to treat our bodies the way God designed them to be treated. If you want to turn with me in 1 Corinthians chapter 6, beginning at verse 12, this is what the Apostle Paul says. Again, 1 Corinthians chapter 12, chapter 6, beginning at verse 12. Paul says this, you say, and, and, and again, I just want to put this into context. Paul's talking to the church in Corinth, and it's a rowdy bunch of people who are trying to figure out what does it mean to be a follower of Jesus Christ, and, and, and in many ways, they're struggling with this one. They're, they're continuing to do things uh, that they used to do before they started following Jesus, and so Paul's, Paul's addressing them here and saying this, you say, I'm allowed to do anything, but not everything is good for you. Even though I'm allowed to do anything, I must not become a slave to anything. You say food was made for the stomach and the stomach for food. This is true, though someday God will do away with both of them. But you can't say that your bodies were made for sexual immorality. They were made for the Lord, and the Lord cares about our bodies. And God will raise us from the dead by his power, just as he raised our Lord from the dead. Don't you realize that your bodies are actually parts of Christ? Should a man take his body, which is a part of Christ, and join it to a prostitute? Never. And don't you realize that if a man joins himself to a prostitute, he becomes one body with her? For the scriptures say the two are united into one. But the person who is joined to the Lord is one spirit with him. Run from sexual sin. No other sin so clearly affects the body as this one does. For sexual immorality is a sin against your own body. Don't you realize that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who lives in you and was given to you by God? You do not belong to yourself. For God bought you with a high price. 
So you must honor God with your body. Granted, the context of verses 19 and 20 are about not giving oneself to a prostitute. The implication, though, is that our bodies are holy. And they are to be revered. And our bodies are actually a temple where the Holy Spirit dwells. And what other kinds of prostitutes are there out there? Food? Work? They all can devour our bodies in different ways. For this reason, how we maintain our body is not a personal preference. It is a spiritual issue. We may say that we believe that our body is the temple of the Holy Spirit, but many of us live like we do not believe that verse. How so? Well, given the heart disease rates in our country, did you know about 647,000 people die each year in our country because of heart disease. I would call that a pandemic. Oh, but people say, well, it's not catchy. Are you sure about that? Think about generational sin. Think about how we as parents may be training our kids to eat poorly, to not exercise. Oh no, it's more of a pandemic issue than I think we may think. Or what about the obesity rates in our country? 20, the, the obesity rate, 25%. 25% or more is the obesity rate in 48 of our states. 30% or more in 31 of our states. So let's go back, 25% or more is the obesity rate in 48 of our states. That's one in four people who are obese. I think these stats show that we may talk the talk, but we're definitely not walking, we're definitely not walking the walk. And so I must ask you, do you really believe that our body, that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. I mean, do you really believe that God has called us to care for our body? We only get one body in this life. Do you believe that God has called us to care for this body so that we can live out our unique God-given body, our, our unique God-given calling to the best of our ability until we're in the box? Can I just be, I don't know, can I just be blunt today? Can I just be direct? The reason many of us are unhealthy is because we're enslaved. Enslaved to what, Pastor Dave? Enslaved to food. And enslaved to laziness. As a result, we, we eat more than we should, and we 
We don't exercise. My friends, we, we just eat too much. And we exercise too less. Not enough. Too little. And so we have heart attacks and we get type 2 diabetes. I think God would call that a spiritual issue. So what does Paul mean in this passage when Paul said, I will not become a slave to anything. He meant Christ is our master. So we must fight against anything that makes us unhealthy. My, my, my friends, God has given us the power of the Holy Spirit to overcome any stronghold in our life. Do you believe that? Do you? Well, if overeating makes us, makes us unhealthy, fight against it with the power of the Holy Spirit. I mean, if laziness and lack of exercise causes us to be unhealthy, fight against it with the power of the Holy Spirit. In other words, we need to believe the promises of God and call down the Holy Spirit to help us break free of this stronghold in our life. And then we need to bite the bullet. We need to deny ourselves excess food and get off our butts and exercise. The amens have overwhelmed me this morning. Are you guys with me here? We need to fight our physical battles with, the, with, with faith in the power of the Holy Spirit. In her, in her book, entitled Made to Crave, Lisa Turkhurst talks about how she learned to do this. But until then, exercise made her want to cry. And she said she would stand in front of a mirror every morning and lament over which pants would best hide her bulge. She said she would cry out to God and, and try, to, try to convince herself that she just needed to get over this vain issue of her excess weight. After all, wasn't she at an age where, where being fit was, was kind of unrealistic? She had birthed three children and was so busy taking them here, there, and everywhere that she didn't have time to exercise. She told herself that what really mattered was the spiritual, not so much the physical at, at her age. She said that she should just really learn to unconditionally accept herself just like God unconditionally accepts her and so should her are you ready wives you can do this with me you can do that head turn and that nod and that look and that mm-hmm and so should she said her husband mm-hmm 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 I feel like I'm doing TikTok right now mm-hmm are you guys following me this morning are you ladies following me this morning? Now, deep down, Lisa knew that her extra weight was all about a lack of self-control. And so she decided to do something different. She decided to invite God into her exercise routine. 
She, she said she began by jogging slowly from one mailbox to the next mailbox in a neighborhood where their mailboxes were pretty close together. She said slowly she began to see a little pro- progress. And the key word here is slowly. Every day and she asked God to give her the strength and the discipline to keep going this day and then the next. You see, she had tried exercise so many times in her life and she always had quit after two to three weeks. But the more she made running about spiritual growth and discipline, the less she, she, thought, about, she, she thought about her weight. Every pound lost wasn't about some quest to get skinnier. It was just evidence of obedience to God. She said one day on on her version of a run, she heard God speak directly to her. Now, she said that every day when she would exercise and run and walk, that she would have conversations with God in prayer. But, But on this occasion, she felt like God gave her a command. Run until you can't take another step. And when you're, when you're tempted to, to quit, so you just, just do it, in, in, not in your strength, but in mine. And when you're tempted to quit, I, I want you to begin to pray for that troubled friend that, that you just told not to give up and take your own advice. Don't stop until I tell you to. Now, Lisa said that the farthest she had ever run up until that point in time was three miles. So she was thinking that God may have her run a little bit more than three miles. And so she gets to the three-mile mark, and she runs a little farther after three miles, but her heart then betrayed the pain of her body, and she kept running. Each step thereafter, she had to pray and rely on God. The more she focused on running towards God, the less she focused on the pain that she was feeling. She said as she was running and praying, this this verse came to her mind, and she really began to understand it in a deeper way. It's Psalm 73, verse 26. She said it actually came to life for her. It says this, the psalmist says this, my flesh and my heart may fail. But God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. As she ran that day, she said she connected with God in a different way. She experienced what it meant to absolutely require God's strength to see something through. She said, and I quote, and I love this quote that she has in her book. How many times have I claimed to be a woman of faith, but rarely lived a life requiring faith. That day, God enabled her to run 8.6 miles. Now, hear me carefully on this. She said her legs were the ones that, that took each step. Her, her energy was what was being used to propel her forward. And, and, and it was her effort that took her from one mile to three to five to seven to 8.6. But it was God's strength replacing her excuses step by step by step. From a mailbox to mailbox, crying 
when she thought of exercising, allergic to the, the pain and sweat of exercise, to someone who actually began to enjoy exercise. Lisa is a modern day miracle. Was it hard? She said, yes. Was she tempted to quit? She said, absolutely. Could she have done this in her own strength? She said, never. But this really wasn't about running for Lisa. It was about realizing the power of God taking over her complete weakness. Are you with me this morning? So if you're struggling in this physical area, oh, let the power of God take over your complete weakness. So, so how do we develop a physical plan that, that helps us live out our unique God-given calling? Well, I want to talk about three things this morning, three practical things. And the first is exercise Exercise and fitness. Why? Because exercise, it does a couple of things. It, it boosts our energy, controls weight. It, it combats phys, uh, health issues and disease, and it improves our mood. When, when people, and you may have heard this, when people say, hey, hey, Pastor Dave, I, I, or they say to you, I, I don't have time to pray, we usually respond, well, you don't have you don't have time not to pray. Same thing with respect to exercise. We don't have time not to exercise. Why? Because exercise actually, actually multiplies our productive, our, our productive time by increasing our energy. And why does it increase our energy? It's because exercise actually uh, produces or sends, this is a better way to say it, exercise actually sends nutrients to our body tissues and to our cardiovascular system, which then it helps, helps us be more productive, and we actually manage our time better. So if you struggle with this one, if you struggle with exercise, or if you've never even done exercise, my, my advice is simply this, start slow. So if, if we've just been a person who sits on the couch and, and really hasn't done much, just start by walking. 20, 30 minutes, maybe five days a week. Maybe not seven, but maybe five. Get a buddy. Accountability person is so important when we start out and exercise. Begin to journal. Do some searching on, on, on the internet for some beginner exercise person, and it'll probably give you some great thoughts, some stretching that you can do at home. Explore just a little bit and always, always drink. Always drink a lot of water. Are you guys with me? So first is exercise. Second is diet. Like a car needs gas, our body needs fuel, but just not any fuel. And our, 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 our organs need certain types of vitamins and minerals so that our bodies can, can function in an optimal way. Even though we may fill our stomachs, we still may be depriving our organs of vital vitamins and minerals that are designed to help us 
help us function in, in, a, in a proper manner. Or we may be trying to lose weight and so we're on some fad diet and we're actually starving our organs of vital nutrients, important vitamins and in, in, in minerals. So it's not just about reducing our caloric intake. That is reducing the amount of calories that we put into our body. Although I will have to say, I'm going to guess probably 90% of us need to reduce our caloric intake just a little bit. But it's not just about that. It's about eating and learning and understanding about healthy foods that our body actually needs. When God made the seed-bearing plants, God said they were good, and he told Adam and Eve that you can eat from any seed-bearing plants, any, any fruit with seed, seeds in this, in this garden. In particular, God says this in Genesis chapter 129. I give you every seed-bearing plant on the face of the whole earth, and every tree that has fruit with seed in it, they will be yours for food. One thing that I appreciate about God is that God never does anything without reason. God is a God of intentionality. And so if we want to reflect God's image, we want to be people of intentionality. God just didn't make fruits and vegetables because they, because they taste good. Now, I know some of you may be thinking, well, I don't know. I don't really like carrot. Well, if you acquired the taste for beer, I'm going to guarantee that you can acquire a taste for a carrot. These are good. I like these little baby carrots. God has created these, these vegetables and these fruits, not just because they taste good, but because they provide nutrients that our body needs to fight various types of diseases. So I just want to ask, if you guys, if you're watching on Facebook Live, I just type in, what is your favorite healthy snack? Now, I have to say right now that my favorite healthy snack, although I like these baby carrots, they're, they're good. My favorite healthy snack right now is celery with this natural, it means it has sugar in it, or maybe just a little bit, I don't, I don't know, uh, peanut butter. And I like crunchy peanut butter. And I was at the store the other day, and I was focused on something, and I was scared by Jeff and Amy Yates, man, they, they spooked me. And so we were talking about something, we were talking about food, and I was telling them about, man, the fact that I love in the evening, I, you know, I, I used to eat cookies and ice cream, and then I changed that, and I started eating dark chocolate almonds. I thought that was supposed to be good for me, but I ate too many of them. So then I started doing these, these fasts, you know, these no sugar fasts, and then that helped me reduce my sugar intake. So I'm looking for things to eat healthy. And so I started eating peanut butter with like five Ritz crackers. So I tell Amy that, and if you know Amy, she's like Miss Fitness Guru. She looks at me and just like, why would you put processed crackers in your body? I'm like, okay, Amy, I will go back to the peanut butter on the celery. That's good. That's a good snack. So hopefully you're tweeting me some ideas. Mm, that's good. What some healthy snacks are. So exercise, diet. And on diet, I seriously, I want you to explore what kind of things our body actually needs. Fight disease work at its optimal level. Have some fun with that. Again, get an accountability person. And, and please do what I'm going to do right now. Tell Mr. Hostess 
because they, they make these Twinkies, and these Twinkies, I think most people agree, man, they, they do taste good, but they have absolutely no nutritional value in them. In fact, if we eat them, it probably hurts us. It, 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 it probably, it may even cause disease in our body. So tell Mr. Hostess, Mr. Hostess, you can take your Twinkie back because we don't want any more Twinkies. I don't know if you're laughing now or not, but if you're not, please do so. You're supposed to. Exercise, diet. And then the third thing I want to talk about is rest. In the Bible, God highly values rest. For six days we work, seventh we take a rest. But rest is so much more than just Sabbath. Rest is living a balanced life. Those who, those who avoid burnouts and, and can succeed in the long run are people who, who live balanced lives. Rest and sleep are a big deal for me. Anybody that's got to know me in, in, in any way knows that I, I fight for my sleep time. At about 9 9.30, no later than 10, man, I am going to bed and then I'm getting up sometime before 5.30. I just have a, a designated, disciplined sleep time. When people ask me, Pastor Dave, man, you just seem like you're doing so many things. Aren't you going to burn out? And I tell them, hey, you know, I'm feeling pretty good. Why? Because exercise is part of my discipline. When I can go really hard, it's four days of really hard exercise. Man, I do watch the things I put in my body. I'm not perfect. Yes, I'll have birthday cake. I'll have Linda's fudge cake every once in a while from the Cheesecake Factory. Yes, I'll do that, but in moderation. But I really try to watch what I put in my body. And then I make sure that I am getting seven and a half to eight hours of sleep every single night. Rest rejuvenates you. Rest heals you. Sleep is so crucial to, 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 to maintaining a healthy body. Psychiatrists talk about the fact that people who are always on the go and, and, and just don't have time for sleep or have bad sleep patterns, what happens is, is that their adrenaline just keeps pumping out and over time, that adrenaline actually, actually reduces brain serotonin levels, which, which results in what? Do you guys know? It results in depression. So my friends, please take this challenge this morning and develop a physical plan. Just focused on exercise. If that's walking 20 minutes a day, that's fine. If you've never exercised before, watching what you're putting in your body. Thinking through, man, I need to put healthy, nutritious food into my body. My body craves it. My body needs it. And please, let's not forget about rest and sleep. It is absolutely critical. Try to get in, try to get on a sleep regimen. I think sleep helps us exercise. I think exercise and diet helps us sleep well. They all kind of fit together to help our body operate in an optimal way. Now, I understand that. For many of us, maintaining this physical plan is going to be difficult. 
We have past wounds, past failures. It's not easy if we're honest. So again, I want to encourage you to get an accountability partner. We're going to try to help in that regard. We're, we're going to partner with an outfit called Rev on the Road. And hopefully they're coming on our campus at the end of June for a Friday evening and Saturday experience where they just help get us started. Or if we've already in the exercise, it can be fun just to come out and support those who are trying to figure it out. But they're going to teach us and show us how to make exercise a part of our life. The other thing that you can do is that you can join a particular small group. It's called Losing Weight God's Way or weight loss God's way. And the weight that they're talking about is, is not like physical pounds, although that's a part of it, but it's talking about losing the weight of shame and fear and anxiety and defeat in this particular area of our life. And if you would like to, to check out that small group, I'm just going to invite you to send a, a text to Christina Zook, and it's a sim- I mean, a, a, an email to Christina Zook. It's a simple email address, kzook, that's K-Z-O-O-K, at hillchurch.com, kzook at hillchurch.com, and Christina will follow up with you and invite you into that small group. Let's follow Lisa's, Lisa Turkhurst's lead. And again, if you want to read a great book, Made to Crave is, is a great one. Let's follow her lead and allow God's strength to overtake our weakness. Let's find freedom today at the foot of the cross from overeating and from laziness. And let's embrace this body that God has given to us. And let's commit to treating it like it should be treated. Holy. It's a temple. So let's work it out well. Let's feed it well. Oh, and let's give it rest. Will you pray with me this morning? As our worship team comes to lead us in a closing song. Oh God, we submit our bodies and health to you. God, there are days when we don't want to do what is best for the temple that you have given to us. Please, God, give us your strength. We ask you to remind us that taking care of our bodies isn't just an issue of personal preference. No, it is a spiritual issue, God. It is a way that we serve and glorify you. Like all gifts that you have given to us, please, please, God, help us to take care of our temple so that we can fulfill your unique calling that you have given to us. Help us to live in a healthy way until it's finally time to come home to you. Oh God, please, we want your power to overtake our weakness in this area. In Jesus' mighty name, we pray and ask.